What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Welcome everyone to the only third degree podcast on the airwaves. This is episode. 27 of the WrestleGannon Podcast. And we are, as always, your most illustrious hosts. I am Chris the Heat Matthews, joined with Garrett G. Money Munn. Man, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, as Charlotte and Drew McIntyre have won the respective Royal Rumble matches. We'll have much more on that in our Get in the Ring segment. But first, it's time for some housekeeping. So, um, as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod, Twitter at Pod with 1D, because we all know Twitter can't handle 2Ds. Um, also like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Pod to stay up to date with all the happenings with the show. Also feel free to email us any questions or comments to askrusselgetting at gmail.com. So, all that fun stuff. Like, comment, share, yeah. subscribe. Do it all. So, um, a little bit of follow-up from last week where we talked about WWE removing the word women from the NXT Women's Championship. Um, actually, Becky Lynch had commented on that, saying that uh, she won't advocate for changing names of titles, but believes in a rethinking of the division and opportunities being given based on skill not gender. She also stated that she'd love for them to get a place where there's three women's matches on a pay-per-view. Which we technically almost, we had that at the Royal Rumble. You had the Raw Women's title, SmackDown Women's title, and the Women's Royal Rumble. That is true. And the way things are going, shaping up with the Current story arcs with Raw, SmackDown, and you know the Royal Rumble match itself, we could potentially have three women's title matches at the very minimum, four if you count the tag titles. Yep. On WrestleMania, we could indeed. So, so it was definitely an exciting time if you are a fan of women's wrestling, um, which we at the WrestleGen Podcast are. Absolutely. So, so, um, sticking on the same note as titles, follow up again with the AEW titles. Um, we reported on last week with AEW offering to, or not offering, but um, throwing around the idea of bringing in another title. Um, apparently, it's being reported that it's going to be a six-man tag team championship, um, which makes sense due to AEW's focus on tag team wrestling, where other promotions are kind of lacking. Well, not kind of lacking, but are lacking. WWE's tag division is pretty much non-existent. Which, honestly, when was the outside of... I mean, we get thrown together tag teams like Drew McIntyre... Not Drew McIntyre. Um, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy winning the Raw tag titles. And when when's the last time the SmackDown tag titles have been defended since a new day of one? Yeah. Well, we'll figure that who uh, they're facing uh, next uh, on Friday. So uh, yeah, which is probably going to be the Usos. 
I don't think the Usos are in that match. No? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's probably definitely the Revival. It's the Revival. Uh, Miz, Miz and Morrison. Morrison. It's going to be Miz and Morrison. Uh, heavy Machinery. And maybe the Usos. I think it's someone else, though. It'll be Miz and Morrison. Cause oh, been no, yeah. Up. It's um, Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party. Yeah, it's definitely Miz and Morrison. Yep. Because, <laughs> one, who gives a shit about Lucha House Party? Nobody. No, I mean... They're fun to watch. They're very entertaining. Very talented. Um, but the way the current story arcs are going now, why would you bring back John Morrison to have them lose a match uh, for number one contender for the tag titles? Not going to happen. Yep. Especially since we didn't see... Did we see him? No, we didn't see him in the Royal Rumble. We got thrown out by Brock. Pretty quickly. So, so uh, that's our follow-up. Uh, let's jump in to... The news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing 1 900 45 All right, so we've got a some tidbits, some this and that. Um, Brian Cage uh, confirmed that he is no longer with Impact Wrestling. Uh, during a video he posted to his Instagram, at Brian Cage. Um, he also talked about his bicep injury and upcoming surgery. So, in that video, he also noted that he has not inked any deals with anyone. So, take Brian Cage. What would be the best place for Cage to end up after his surgery? AEW. AEW? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. I honestly, I, I kind of agree because I think that's one thing like AEW has the elite. They've got, you know, Jericho, you know, like a couple other, a couple other names, like not huge names, but you know, there are some names that are out there. You got SCU, Blue Child's Party, but with them focusing more on tag teams, there's not a whole lot of individual talent. So Cage would be a perfect fit. And they can skyrocket him to the top and top, and he'd be a great competitor for, you know, like Jericho or um, Wardlow or Adam Page. So Kenny Omega versus Cage would be a pretty entertaining match. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, what else we got? Briscoe. Speaking of contracts, Briscoes have re-signed with the Ring of Honor. Um, all honesty, I really don't see the Briscoes going anywhere outside of Ring of Honor. I, I just don't think that they would be used properly in like WWE. AEW might be one of the better places for them to go to if they were to leave Ring of Honor. But the Briscoes have done everything in Ring of Honor. Like they've been singles champions. They've been multiple time tag team champions. It's definitely, they've had a Hall of Fame career in Ring of Honor. So what's what's left for for Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe to do in Ring of Honor? No, I mean they shouldn't. I mean they've they've done their whole career. Everything they've done is based off of uh, what they've done in Ring of Honor, and uh, it's where they should stay. I mean they they're basically the the hosses of that company when it comes to tag team wrestling. So that's uh it's where they should stay and what they should do. Right on. Uh, let's see. Royal Rumble. 
Uh, we got some news from the Rumble, actually. Backstage news. Apparently, there was a altercation between, not a physical altercation, verbal altercation between Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle. Um, basically, it's being reported that Brock had said to Riddle, and I quote, Kids, you might as well stop saying my name and tagging me in your shit because you and I will never work together. <laughs> I mean, Riddle has been going to town on Lesnar and Goldberg um, to the point where, you know, he's had altercations with Goldberg backstage and now Lesnar. Uh, this altercation apparently did not affect his placement in the Rumble or how quickly he was thrown out. Um, that was apparently heat that he's had um, picked up on himself for other things, which probably is Twitter Twitter rants and bashings of other um, WWE talent. But honestly, Brock Lesnar come up to you and tell you to stop tagging him in your shit. Like, you're going to continue to tag Brock Lesnar in your shit? Yeah, you, you keep doing that, Matt. And then when you get a punch in the face you didn't want, uh, don't come uh, barking up uh, anybody else's tree. Well, no, honestly, it's not. It's it's a match everyone wants to see. Like, I want to see Brock Lesnar take on Matt Riddle. I think it'd be entertaining. Will it happen? Nope. Nope. Not anymore. <laughs> Uh, but that, that's pretty much it for just the regular news. Uh, really, nothing else popping this week. Um, we jump into the figure news, which is one of my favorite parts. Um, we've got the Wave 2 of the Target Exclusive Network Spotlight figures showing up. Um, included in that set is Woken Matt Hardy, which comes with the accessories that was supposed to be in the Ultimate Deletion match. Um, so we do get Vanguard 1. We get Scarsguard, the dilapidated boat. Very excited about that. This whole wave is actually pretty good. Which, uh, little tidbit, if you follow Matt Hardy on Instagram, he posted a picture of the figure. He loves it. Yes. Yes. He's so happy. It's awesome. Matt Hardy's put a lot of work putting um, Vanguard 1 and Skarsgård over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have Wendy Richter, who is supposed to be in an exclusive, I think, two-pack or three-pack. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um but that was scrapped, and actually it was a three-pack. I think it was Wendy Richter, Lita, and Sasha Banks was in that three-pack. Um, but that was scrapped, so we're finally getting a release of Wendy Richter, and I believe she comes with the um, old-school WWF uh, women's title belt. I know she has a belt accessory in there. I just can't remember which one it is. Um, we get Ricochet, so Ricochet's second elite figure coming out, and Kurt Angle, which is based off his WrestleMania retirement match against um, Baron Corbin last year. Um, so look for those. Uh, the DPCI for those is 087-162356. But keep in mind, that's also going to ping Wave 1 since they are stocked under that same stock number. So keep your eyes peeled for those. Um, Elite 73 has been popping up at Walmart, which includes the, I think 73, um, has the exclusive Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Um, Natalia and like a couple other figures in that wave as well. Seventy three or seventy two? I can't remember off the top of my head, but Jim the the Anvil is popping up at Walmart, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Uh, pre orders basic one hundred seven. 
uh, which has the first time in the line Bianca Belair figure. Uh, we got The Rock, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, EC3's second figure in basic form, and a new Braun Strowman. So look for those pre-orders on ringsidecollectibles.com. Um, we also have Storm Collectibles, Black and Gold, Yushin Thunder Ligers up for pre-order as well on Ringside Collectibles. And to round out the figure news, Figures Toy Company had showed off their Das Wunderkid, Alex Wright, um, concept art for his ring attire. So I'm pretty excited about that. Actually looks pretty good. The face sculpt looks really good as well. They did show off the head sculpt for that. Um, it was actually dropped... Uh, last week by the um, Hawkins Rider on their um, Twitter the images for that um, Figures Toy Company also showed off some update, updated look at the Briscoes uh, concept art for their ring attire so looking pretty solid the new head sculpts for those are great too and to end the uh, figure news we're going to do an unboxing of the Royal Rumble Target exclusive, Macho King, Randy Savage. Oh, shucky yeah. yeah, dig it. Mm. So, Target exclusive, this seems to be one of the harder ones to find in that set. Everyone is clamoring for this Macho Man to the point where I think sales on this were reaching anywhere up to like $60, $70 on the aftermarket. Oh. But, uh, yeah, pretty psyched for this. Cause it's it's the Macho Man. Who's who's not psyched about the Macho Man? So let's get this beast open. What what? Yeah. What uh? G Money do the honors here, popping them out of the plastic. Take the. Uh lighter picture out maybe first <laughs> however the damn thing just comes out oh here we go yeah buddy so the light is pretty cool this um little light accessory thing they did release this before with the um walmart exclusive legend series they had like the build uh um was it the the SummerSlam background i believe this came with i think it was like mean Gene or something i can't remember Totally who it came with, but I do have one already. Actually, I think the only figure I bought from that set was Mean Gene, so I think it came with Mean And um, sticks. Yeah, so that came with Mean Gene. Um, so we got the Macho Man out. You didn't break the scepter, did you? No, it was like that already. The scepter just came apart? Yeah, it's two pieces. It's a breakable scepter? It's a breakable scepter, guys. Comes oh, apart. Oh, that's awesome. Comes apart. It's two pieces. It's got uh, some purple jewels on it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is awesome. The uh, the first Macho King that they did, the ringside exclusive, came with that scepter. But it wasn't breakable. So that is actually pretty awesome. He also comes with some extra hands that do two uh, points, no pointy finger. Yeah, that's so when he's on the top, when he got him posed on the top rope, you can put his hands up and try to do the elbow drop. 
Yep. But awesome detail on this. The pink and the black, like, really is really great. And he's got the uh, orange wristbands, orange bandana, the sunglasses. Um, it is a, it looks like a newer head sculpt, too. So they stopped using that same head sculpt they've been using for a while. Pretty psyched for this. He's going to look awesome on the shelf of the rest of the uh, Macho Man figures in my uh, massive collection. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Awesome. So that'd be the the second unboxing we've done on the show. First one was the uh, the Cassius Ono, yeah. Which um Cassius Ono has been popping up Target stores too, so be on the lookout for that as well. I mean, he's been uh, popping up in Target stores more than he's uh, been on NXT TV. <laughs> I know a couple people had uh, posted they had found him um, over the last few days. So I mean, which makes sense because if the warehouse has been sitting on these figures, because I know our our store. We've got nothing but Elite 70 um, and a Nikki Bella from 71 sitting on the shelves. Um, and we're just stocked with Seth Rollins, Shield Rollins in the Intercontinental title, and the uh, TakeOver London Finn Balor. That's what we got for Elites just hanging out on the shelf. So hopefully we'll get some new ones. But that is going to round out the news, the figure news, all that fun stuff. We're going to take a quick break. Um, quick message from our sponsor, of course, Anchor, who um, is the host for our hosting for our podcast. So stay tuned for a quick message from them, and we will be back for our Get in the Ring segment. So stay tuned. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast, and I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. So let's get into some some hard times, if you will. NWA. I know you watched this. I did um, indeed. I did not get to see it. Uh, I did keep up with the results, though. Um, of course, you were texting me. So give us the rundown of uh, some hard times. Some hard times. So uh, we start off with Murdoch and Question Mark. Um Honestly, pretty lackluster on Question Mark's part, especially the way he's kind of over with the fans and people kind of have him as this 
you know, beats everybody with a one hit or whatever. It's pretty lackluster. I mean, I'm glad Murdoch won because Murdoch definitely deserves it over the question mark, but I just thought it was kind of weird with how the question mark's character is that he just lost that, like, easily. But whatever. Well, I guess Murdoch is immune to the Montegrovian karate. Yes, that is true. Uh, Dan Moff beat uh, Zicky Dice rather easily. Uh, I mean, that big of a man deserves to beat the shit out of somebody like that. Kind of, kind of a heartbreaking when I saw that my man Outlandish Zicky Dice, you know, lost that, lost that matchup. So, but bigger and better things for the the Outlandish one coming up. Yep, um, Ricky Starks over Matt Cross, pretty good match also. Um, and then Tim Storm uh, actually advanced. Uh, Anderson had some injury that came up that he couldn't compete, so instead of filling the spot, they just passed Tim Storm on, which is cool with me. Uh, Eli Drake and James Storm uh, won the NWA Tag Team Championships over Rock and Roll Express and the Wild Cards. Um, there was a little bit in the match where I think it was Robert Gibson um, was getting it in like like an argument with Camille. And she actually kind of helped them win the titles. Um, she hmm. like held back Robert Gibson as Eli Drake pinned, uh, I think, Ricky Morton. Because I think the wild cards were out of it. So um, it's kind of interesting. I don't think anything's going to come out of that. But uh, never know. Not. Yeah. Um, of course, Robert Gibson was probably looking at Camille than looking at you know Eli Drake because you know his eye was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely match of the night was the Thunder Rosa Allison K match where Thunder Rosa won to become the new women's champion. Uh, really good match. Um, there are a few little botches here and there, but the match was so good, like it didn't really matter. Um, There's everything that I've read. Um, review like rundown wise of this pay-per-view every single person had said that Thunder Rosa and Allison K was the best match of the night on there even better like they even pinned it over um Flip Gordon and Nick Aldis they said it was much more entertaining and a better better paced match than Aldis and Gordon agree um I would say that for sure um we did get a little segment with um the villain, Marty Skrull, he kind of goaded Aldis into giving Flip a title shot. Um, the only caveat was that if Flip lost, Aldis would get all the rights to whatever match him and uh, Marty Skrull would have together. He would basically, whatever terms they agreed on was all going to be between Aldis. Like, Marty had no say in what happened. He just had to agree on whatever um, Aldis wanted. Um, and also, Marty was not to be at ringside, um, which I was honestly hoping someone else... Honestly, I was hoping something else, but it, we'll get to that. Um, Murdoch in the next semifinals uh, over Date Moff, which was a big, hard-hitting, brute match. It was a really good match, uh, back and forth. And then, surprisingly, Starks over Tony, uh, Tim Storm, which... Me and Chris kind of both thought that Storm might actually win this. Um, it was a definitely a good back-and-forth match. Uh, I thought it was a little weird that Starks just won with a roll-up, but 
It's what it is. Win's yeah. a win. Yeah, it seemed like Storm would have been the Tim Storm would have been the logical choice to put that TV title on. You know, coming off of him being NWA champion, and then giving him the title would have gave boosted the credibility of that title automatically. But um, Starks going over Tim Storm definitely wasn't anything to be upset about because Ricky Starks is a phenomenal talent, and so not not complaining at all about that one. So. Uh, definitely what I would say probably a waste of a match was Scott Steiner and Aaron Stevens, which ended in a DQ because, of course, the question mark saves the day as always. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, is it, uh, Aaron Stevens was in the, the Steiner recliner. Question mark came out and attacked uh, Steiner, and then question mark got a uh, Steiner recliner for his troubles. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we got uh, Aldis and Flip Gordon, which is a... I mean, I get why it wasn't the best match. Um, I think the one thing that kind of slows down the pace with Aldis match is he likes to uh, rather consistently just go around the outside of the ring to just kind of like make the person wait, um, which kind of slows the pace down a little bit. Um, yeah, but that's your typical heel tactic, though. Co- correct. Kind of- I mean... You have to be okay with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the match was really good, back and forth. Uh, Flip Gordon hit a lot of his his move set, uh, and it was a really good match. Um, Aldis did end up retaining over Flip, but definitely a very entertaining match. Um, and then the main event of the show was uh, Ricky Starks and Trevor Murdoch, where Ricky Starks actually hit the... Uh, what is this finisher called? The what is it called? It's called the swerve. Is it the swerve? The stroke. The stroke. That's stroke. it. Which, if you don't know what it is, pretty impressive to hit on someone the size of Murdoch. Yeah. So yeah. That's why they call him Stroke Daddy. That's why they call him Stroke Daddy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, he wins the NWA TV Championship. Um, I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks. I think he's very talented, so I love to see either either one of those two. Yeah, winning like Trevor Murdoch's a great talent. Very, he's very underutilized in WWE. Like especially, you know, we talked about it before. Especially when they split up him and Lance Cade, um, they split their tag team up. But you know, he didn't get like that whole like a very. He didn't get like a very good singles run. Like Cade had a better single singles run than Murdoch did, um, which kind of sucks. But Murdoch's gone done some other stuff outside of WWE, um, the making his way to NWA. So either way, like either one of those two would have been a, a great choice for a TV champion. But Ricky Starks being the, the up and coming talent that he is, giving him the title and seeing what he can do with it, you know, as he defends it. So. Pretty pretty psyched about that. Yep. And then finally, um, I think about middle part of the show, um, Stu Bennett announced that the next pay-per-view in April will be the Crockett Cup. So, yeah. Which is going to be awesome. So, apparently, they're still looking for a venue for that. Um, There hasn't been a set date for it yet. We just know it's going to be in April. April 2020. Yep. So hopefully we get something for that as well. Uh, NXT Worlds Collide. This was a fantastic show. Really great show. 
this was a great weekend for wrestling because everything was just fantastic. Like there, there's really nothing really to complain about at all. Um, we had the pre-show. It was uh, Mia Yim over um, Kaylee Ray. Or Kaylee Ray over Mia Yim. I don't know why I put Candice LeRae in our notes. I just assumed it was uh, Candice. Going from memory. so But uh, Kaylee Ray did go over uh, Mia Yim. Surprisingly, was not a title match either. Yep. So, um, we kicked off the show with uh, Finn Balor taking on Dragunov, which was a great back-and-forth, like hard-hitting matchup between the two of them. Great way to open up the show. DIY taking on Mustache Mountain, which DIY, of course, went over Mustache Mountain and probably, I'd probably say the one of the most anticipated tag team matches uh, since the lineup was announced for Worlds Collide. I mean, it's Gargano and Ciampa taking on Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. How how can you complain about that? And then um, Jordan Devlin is your new NXT Cruiserweight Champion, defeating um, Angel Garza. The hell was in that match? Uh, all I know is his name Swerve Scott. I don't know his first name. Oh, Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve, Swerve Scott. Scott. That's it. Um, um, AKA Kill Shot. And um, I don't remember the other guy. No, uh, Travis that. Banks, Travis Barks. Yeah, Banks, something Dang like that. Banks. I can't remember what the name was, but yeah, but it was a uh, that was a great matchup too. And then Rhea Ripley, um, retaining against the astastic Tony Storm. Uh-huh. And one of the best parts to come out of that match was the ass smack of doom, oh, which Lord. has been uh, turned into a very entertaining gif. I mean, just the the shock waves from that. That smack were just amazing. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, then, of course, the main event was all Imperium go over Undisputed Era. Um, this was a great match. Very, The build-up for this was fantastic over the course of the last few weeks leading up to this event. Alexander Wolf did take a pretty bad stinger um, early on in the matchup, so he was out. So this really made Imperium look incredible because you're you're now down a man in this matchup and you're three on four and still coming out with the win and Walter just pretty much dominating this this entire matchup between he he was definitely the MVP of that that matchup but uh. It's pretty good. And the uh, round out the weekend, the Royal Rumble. The Royal Royal Rumble. Rumble. One of my favorite pay per views of the year. I'm sure it's one of yours, your favorites as well. Um, um, which kicks off the the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Pre show, we had Sheamus over Shorty G. Um, my only complaint with this match it was too long. Like, they're building Sheamus back up. It shouldn't have been that long. It Maybe, like, five, six minutes tops. But Sheamus should have squashed Shorty G in, like, no time. Um, Andrade retained against Humberto, which was a really great matchup as well. Um, then we kick off the main show with the Falls Count Anywhere match between Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns. I really didn't pay attention to this matchup because it's not something that I wanted to see. Like, we've seen Roman and Corbin wrestle, like, three or four times now, and it just really loses its luster, I guess, 
or sparkle after you know the third or fourth time, especially when it's like consecutive. Um, then we had the Women's Royal Rumble, which of course was won by Charlotte. Um, I had some huge pops in this Rumble, uh, especially when Molly Holly came out as Mighty Molly. Of course, if you're not familiar, she was the Mighty Molly during the time. She was the uh, Hurricane sidekick. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Shayna Baszler, Beth Phoenix. God, we, we need to talk about Beth Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, she got a pretty nasty cut in the back of her head. Uh, her her hair went from being blonde to red yeah. pretty quickly. And for her to like, stick out through the rest of that matchup, I mean, she was one of the, what, the final three? Yes. Because it came down to Shayna and Charlotte mm-hmm. as the final two in that matchup, and Beth was one of the final three. I mean, they really put a lot into Beth Phoenix being in this Rumble. And the amount of time that she spent in there was just amazing. Um, Bianca Belair actually had a really good showing in the Rumble, too. She tossed out, well, like, eight women. Yeah, I think so. she now has the record for the most eliminations, if I'm not incorrect. <laughs> I don't think anyone else got as many. So Bianca had a fantastic showing. This was a great match. It was a great rumble. Even down to the return of Santina. 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 I know a lot of people were bitching about that, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, and it really corrected some um, issues like the, the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal, um, where Santina had tossed out was it Beth Phoenix to become Miss WrestleMania. Um, just the whole skit where it turns around and there's Beth. And then he turns around, and there's Natty. Then he's just like, well, pulls out the Cobra and eliminates himself. <laughs> Amazing. It was it was pretty entertaining. I mean, everyone's bitching about this, but how many people were bitching last year when Nia Jax entered the men's rumble? Uh, everybody. Uh, Us included. Well, at least me. I really wasn't bitching too much about it. Yeah, I, she, took, she took that RKO like a champ, though. Yeah, um, I guess. Like, I didn't complain. Like, nobody bitched when China entered the men's rumble. I mean, at that point, there was no women's rumble. Um, same with Beth Phoenix. Same when Karma entered. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like, but when it comes to a women's rumble, it's like, well, so-and-so should have been in there instead of Santina. Or, you know, where was so-and-so? Who, why wasn't, you know, insert random name here? No. But it is what it is. And that that's that's it. But a lot of impressive showings in that matchup. It was cool to see Mercedes Martinez in there. Um, the one big thing, though, that we were talking about the other day was Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox were both in the Rumble, but at completely d- different times. So there's no... like the, I think they could have continued the story arc between uh, Tegan and Dakota by having them like just beating the crap out of each other and eliminating each other at the same time. Agreed. And then just like, you know, the traditional like brawl to the back type thing, but we didn't see that at all. Which to me would have made even more sense seeing as uh, we'll definitely get to it a little later. Uh, they end up wrestling each other on NXT this week. So you can ha- could have got people to watch it who watched the Rumble. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. So that was the first of our women's matches for the Royal Rumble. Second. Um, following that was uh, Bailey retaining against Lacey Evans, um, which if we haven't seen Bailey wrestle Lacey every week for the last three weeks, this probably would have been something special. 
but it really this one could have been a piss break honestly yep and and I like Bailey like especially since Bailey has turned heel going that different route with their character but like there's only so much you can see of the same match over and over again uh what else we had uh the Fiend taking on Bray, uh, Daniel Bryan in that strap match, which I wasn't too sure of that one going into this, but it turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, I think the strap played really well to the Fiend's character. Um, the best thing that came out of it was there was no red light. Yes. Um, Finally. Which uh, I was fine with. I just still think they should have at least dimmed the lights, kind of made it a little bit more creepy, I guess, in a sense. I mean, I hate the red light, but... Uh, the one thing I was telling Chris about that I kind of noticed throughout the match that kind of, I mean, it was just a little tidbit that kind of bothered me was like the further the match went, you saw like the Fiend's makeup kind of go away and like him not having that like black paint around his eyes kind of threw, kind of took some of the like creepy factor away from like the, the whole gimmick. I mean, it wasn't like a big thing. It just was something I noticed that kind of like was weird to me. Now, would you get that same thing though with like any of the guys that wear like the mask like that with Kane? Like you'll see like the makeup will run underneath the mask after a certain amount of time, and same thing with the Hurricane. This is this is the same thing with that too. But I mean, it does it does help add to the Fiend's overall look, uh, especially with like the contacts and stuff like that underneath that mask. So. Yeah. <coughs> oh, what else happened? We had uh, Raw Women's. Championship match with uh, Becky retaining against Asuka in a, a pretty solid match up there. Um, at that point, going into that match, Asuka was the only one that Becky hasn't beaten. And now Becky's beaten everybody. So, yeah. Uh, Men's Rumble. This was actually pretty good. It was a really good Rumble. Even up to, like, you had, like, the first... 16 people up to like Drew McIntyre's entry at number 16. Brock Lesnar pretty much dominated everyone in that matchup. And a lot of people, you know, I was getting messages on Facebook from some other friends that were like, you know, this is stupid. You know, they're just Brock Lesnar's just dominating everybody. Nobody's getting any offense in. I mean, what, what do you expect when Brock Lesnar comes in number one? And they've built Lesnar up to be this beast, this monster, this machine that dominates every match, just about every match that he's in. And considering like some of the guys that he's that were in that matchup to begin with, um, up until Drew McIntyre, like a lot of these guys weren't really on the caliber of Brock Lesnar. But there was one thing in here though too. Busted open radio. Bully Ray had made a comment. Or not busted open. It was on the bump or whatever, backstage or something like that. Yeah. Bully Ray made that comment about Lesnar's mannerisms when Keith Lee had come down to the ring. Where he, you know, taking a step back. You know, he's looking at Paul like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, who's this dude? Like, you know, look at the size of this guy. Yeah. Like, that to me was a huge thing for Keith Lee. To to have that where, you know, because Lesnar doesn't back up for anybody. Correct. And then, you know, Bully Ray made all these great points. It's like Lesnar doesn't back up for anybody. Lesnar doesn't go, who the hell is this guy? You know, what's this dude's deal? Look at the size of this guy. Where did he come from? 
and for Lee to get that much offense in on Lesnar, um, which was more than most other people. Like the only time that we saw Lesnar get, you know, taken down was when Mysterio, um, Kofi, and Big E, you know, triple teamed him at that point. But to have that going on, and then you have Strowman under the ring too, like like being the next entrance from Keith Lee. I mean, it was really great, just the way that they had laid all this stuff out. So it was almost like a movie, honestly, if you think about it. Yeah. So it was, it was great. Great writing for that Rumble. So, um, of course, we get entry number 16, Drew McIntyre, who immediately hits the ring. Claymore's Lesnar sends him to the outside. And what did I say last week? You said it. Whoever eliminates Lesnar is going to wrestle, is going to face him at WrestleMania. I just didn't peg Drew McIntyre to be the winner of the Rumble. <laughs> but then after that, McIntyre pretty much had a, a, obviously he won the Rumble. So he had a great showing in this Rumble matchup, you know, just eliminating everybody. And then, of course, we had the return of Edge. Yep. The return of Edge. Had us like, all uh, on our feet in our houses. I never thought I'd be saying Edge has returned to a WWE ring. Edge is wrestling in a WWE ring. After having three fusion surgeries, being able to wrestle again, like just the look on Edge's face when he came out for that entrance and he stopped and he's looking at the crowd. Like the look he had on his face almost had me in tears. Cause like, cause it's like one of those things like, dude, you cry, I'm going to cry. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't cry, man, because I'm going to cry. Exactly. And just that look on his face, that, that's what it was. That right there, I don't care what happens throughout the rest of 2020, that is the moment of the year. Nothing's going to top that. Unless Edge wins the WWE title. I mean, then that might might top it. But but it was, it was pretty awesome. Pretty psyched about that. Uh, was it Edge? Edge came in and was the top three? Yeah, it was, was the top be- three. Between him, at the end it was him, McIntyre, and, and Roman. Roman. The last three. So, look at that. Mr. and Mrs. Copeland. Exactly. The final three in their respective Royal Rumbles. That That is amazing. Um, of course, Edge got eliminated, and then McIntyre eliminates Roman Reigns. So... In one Royal Rumble matchup, Drew McIntyre eliminated the WWE champion and one of the top faces in the company in the same night, the same match. Yep, he sure did. (coughs) Going into WrestleMania, that's just freaking amazing. But the... um, Apparently, the original plan was for Shayna to win the Women's Rumble and Roman to win the Men's Rumble. But apparently, they changed plans around the 14th. And this was all based on the high betting odds of Roman winning and Shayna winning. I think they made the right decision, at least with the Men's Royal Rumble. I mean, with what they're what we know now um, as we get into the Raw coverage, um, what we know now with Charlotte and like the rumors going around with Charlotte, um, deciding who she's going to defend the title against, considering she did not pick anybody Monday night. So no Becky, no Bailey, 
she remained like, I'm going to take my time. So I'm, I'm cool with where this is going, which a lot of the rumors are pointing to Rhea Ripley. So, yeah, so. good stuff. But, um, yeah. So, jump into Raw. Drew McIntyre, of course, starts off the show. Um, as we all predicted, we all assumed what was going to happen after he won the Rumble. Uh, McIntyre is going after the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar. Um, as we stated, Charlotte remained undecided. We had um, Andrade take on Umberto, which ended in a DQ as Umberto destroyed Andrade on the outside of the ring. Uh, come to find out, Andrade is being suspended for a wellness policy violation. Um, did not lose the United States title. Um, apparently, Paul Heyman was a big advocate of keeping the title on Andrade while he was suspended. Um, and of course, if you follow the old guidelines that we used to have for titles where the champion must defend it once every 30 days, he just defended it Sunday night, 30 days. There's really no need to take the title off of him and be and kill the momentum that he's got. Yes, I would agree. Um, then we saw Rollins and Murphy retain the tag titles against Samoa Joe and Owens. Um, and then we, the last big thing of the night, Edge came out to address the crowd. Uh, of course, it was ended up interrupted by Orton. Um, they shared a couple things, you know, talk about, you know, what if Art rated RKO got back together, you know, this, that, and the third, and boom, RKO out of nowhere, um, which ended in a concerto for Edge to end the show. So, so far, with the way these storylines are going, we're going to end up probably with Edge versus Orton at WrestleMania. We already know definite Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. Um, rumored Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte, Becky versus Shayna, and Sasha versus Bailey. So if all this comes through, all this goes through, and of course the Fiend versus Roman Reigns, this is actually shaping to be a pretty, uh, pretty solid WrestleMania this year. That indeed. So. That indeed. Uh, the only other thing I want to add about Raw is uh, the Rey Mysterio MVP match, which is oh, I forgot about that. apparently the last MVP match we're ever going to see on WWE. WWE? Uh, apparently, he only came back to wrestle for his kid who wanted to see him wrestle. So, yeah. Awesome. It was cool to see MVP in the Rumble, too. So. Yep. And his uh, Killmonger ring attire, which was pretty sweet. Uh, let's see. NWA Power. Um, I forgot to write down notes for this. But, um, and I kind of fell asleep because I started watching it later at night. Not a ton of stuff happened. Um, they kind of went over a lot of stuff with hard times. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things was there's this big like segment with Eli Drake and uh, James, James Storm. Storm. Uh, they just started talking, doing their spiel, and then Aaron Stevens and the question mark interrupted them, trying to challenge them for the tag titles. Um, James Storm was quite hilarious, doing all these jokes uh, to Aaron Stevens, getting under his skin, which was pretty funny. Uh, and then uh, a little bit later on in the same segment, Trevor Murdoch comes out there and says he has a title match. Uh, against Stevens next week. Um, 
which he ended up getting a Mongrovian spike by the question mark afterwards, which was what it was. Um, Ricky Starks defended the title against Outlandish Sticky Dice, which he ended up retaining. Um, big caveat, I noticed they were talking about during the match that they said that if you win seven consecutive matches with the TV title, you get a guaranteed uh, 10 pounds of gold match, uh, the, the world title match. So nice. I feel like that's a really cool uh, and the thing, caveat with that. The thing with this, too, is it really throws back to, you know, old standards of wrestling with, like, specific title belts. WCW... You won the U.S. title. You you got a shot at the the world title. Um, WWE Intercontinental title. Like you were next in line for a world title shot. So to see them actually bring this back as you know, even you know, you got to win seven matches, but still you get a guaranteed title shot at you know at Sweet Charlotte, which which I'm cool with. Like, that's a great stipulation um, and a great perk to having, you know, or incentive, not not necessarily a perk, but an incentive to go out there, defend that title, you know, seven times, seven weeks in a row, defend that title, rack up those wins, and then move on to the NWA World, World Championship, the real world's championship. I think that's great, and it makes for great TV because you're going to look at Ricky Starks. And if you remember that match when Nikki Ricky Starks and Nick Aldis, where they hit the six Oh five time limit and it went to a draw and how phenomenal that matchup was. You can see Ricky Starks and Nick Aldis actually fighting for the title and putting on a great match. And then even the stipulations with the TV title were being defended in a six Oh five time limit. It's just, it's cool stuff that they're doing with this. It's different. It's different from your normal, from the norm, and it's it's great. So. Agreed. Uh, other thing with that too. Um, so if for whatever reason it goes to a six oh five time limit, um, the person that has the title retains, and it does count as a victory for them also. Nice. So there's also that too. Um, the last little big thing out of that. Um, they had a sit-down private interview with Aldis and Marty Skrull where Aldis told him, the, basically, I'll wrestle you at the Crockett Cup um, for the title, um, but if Marty loses, he has to pay for everybody's tickets in attendance. So, I guess we could go and get free tickets. <laughs> I think tickets are always... Probably gonna be sold out though as soon as they announce on it. Yeah, exactly. A date for that, but the date and wherever they're gonna host it at. Yeah, because I know they're looking for a bigger arena um, outside of the the NWA Power TV studio, uh, which something as big as the Crockett Cup, you're definitely gonna need a bigger bigger venue for. But they did say they want to keep it in Atlanta. Um, and with the recent workings with Ring of Honor and um, NWA now. Uh, like I'm, I'm serious. Like Marty Skrull, since he signed that new contract with, with Ring of Honor, he and you know taking over booking duties, things like that. He's definitely become the bridge between Ring of Honor and WA and New Japan. Um, there was actually a New Japan. New Japan started another U.S. tour on the East Coast. Uh, this past Monday night, they were here in Durham. 
and Marty's Girl was a surprise appearance. So, I mean, bridging the gap between these two companies, I mean, we can see more working relationships with that. So, that was pretty cool. And he actually did go ahead and challenge Jay White uh, to a match for um, ROH's uh, Supercard of Honor coming up on uh, WrestleMania weekend in Tampa. So, that that was a pretty cool moment, um, which unfortunately we were not in attendance for. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not a whole lot with AEW this week. Uh, honestly, wasn't uh, the greatest of the shows. Uh, it was still pretty solid. Uh, we had um, the Bucks versus the Blade and the Butcher, which uh, the Bucks ended up winning that. Uh, funny tidbit afterward, the match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Blade and the Butcher start beating down uh, the Young Bucks. Uh, Omega makes the save. Uh, along with uh, Adam Page, with was, uh, was stumbling down the ramp, <laughs> stumbling down the ramp, uh, with a with a plastic solo cup with uh, some beer in it, and uh, hands the beer to uh, one of the Bucks. I don't remember which one, and uh, hits his finisher, takes it back, drinks it all, goes back up the stage. Pretty funny <laughs> segment. Not gonna lie, I love Adam Page. He's the best. He's Adam the Page man. is awesome. He is the man. He's just um, hanging out, drinking, and doing cowboy shit. So. Doing cowboy shit. Um, <laughs> we had Cody versus uh, Kip, Sabian. Kip Sabian, who I really don't care for. Uh, Cody ended up winning that match. Um, um, we had a bunch of Ambrose and... Uh, Jericho shenanigans, which was stupid. Um, and then the final match of the night was Private Party and Darby Allen, which I really don't get why they That's paired them. That's an odd six-man team. Very odd. Three-man team. Against uh, Jericho and PNP, um, which Jericho ended up pinning... Uh, I don't remember which one. One of the two of the private party for them to win. Um, but yeah. So was Darby Allen like wrestling Jericho anytime soon? Is that why? Uh, not that I know of, but I don't know. <clears throat> that, that seems like the only reason it would make sense to. It would make sense, but apparently no. <sighs> but uh, yeah. I mean, that goes back with AEW not being consistent with their storylines or their storytelling to begin with. He's like, what's, what's the point of that? No. Like a perfect example for that is, so why does Omega and Paige have uh, the tag titles and they'll eventually have to defend them against SCU, but Omega is also in a storyline with Pac where he's going to have to wrestle Pac. So you got two different storylines for one person. Yeah, I mean, WWE is doing that now too. Uh, where they're mixing in like multiple story arcs. I mean, they're doing it with Mysterio and um, Styles and Mysterio and Rollins or whatever. And, you know. Hey, look at that. Darby Allen's on the skateboard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was AEW. <laughs> it was. Eh. Uh, NXT was actually pretty good this week. Um, I did watch NXT, I did not watch AEW. Um, was kicked off the show with Finn Balor taking on Trent Seven. Um, this all stemmed to 
Worlds Collide, where Seven and Bait had made the save for Johnny Gargano as Finn had um, attacked him during a uh, post-match interview. Uh, Then, of course, Finn, Monday night, or Tuesday night, had um, attacked Trent Seven in the parking lot, you know, pretty much like choking him with a car door. Um, The match pretty much started with Finn uh, hitting that baseball slide drop kick to Seven as he was getting ready to do his little roll into the ring. And from there on, Seven got very little offense, and Finn dominated the majority of the matchup. But it was still it was still a pretty good match. Uh, what else we have? Shotzi Blackheart uh, making her singles debut, um, taking on Deanna Peraza. Very psyched to see Deanna uh, finally getting some uh, NXT TV time. And uh, Shotzi had a pretty awesome entrance with her little uh, mini tank uh, coming down to the ring. But uh, I have noticed some uh, people on Twitter talking about how uh, they were just doing that to to spoof uh, Sammy Guevara from um, Royal Rumble weekend with his little one-man invasion of the Royal Rumble. But uh, Shotzi's been doing the, the tank entrance for a few years now. So, in all honesty, it looked like the same damn tank. That so, it did. So does Could Sammy have... borrow Shotzi's tank to do this? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, it was pretty cool. So, Shotzi is pretty much um, NXT's tank girl. So, that was great. But it was a great matchup, too. Um, it was pretty solid. And, and that stems from um, Deanna attacking Shotzi, too. So, we'll see a little bit of a feud between the two of them. Because I'm sure it's not over yet. Um, Dajakovic, uh defeated... Um, I'm going to call him Punishment Martinez because I can't freaking remember. Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Yes. Damian Priest. I was drawing a blank while I was typing this up. So I was like, ah, I know it was Punishment Martinez. So, um, Dijakovic over Damian Priest, uh, which I guess Dijakovic is now going on, going to face Keith Lee. I North believe so. title. I think that's what the stipulation was for that. Um, we had the segment with, oh my God, this segment was awesome. Uh, Ciampa lays out Undisputed Era in the back. So three out of the four members of Undisputed Era get laid out. So you see Ciampa come out behind some like from around the corner and just walk past them all and walk down to the ring. Gets to the ring, pulls on the table, spray paints a big yellow X on it, puts a pen on the table. Adam Cole comes around the corner and sees all the rest of Undisputed Era laid out. It's like, who did this? Who did this? Ref looks at me and goes, Chompa. He's like, where's Chompa? Oh, he went that way. Headed off that way. So, Chompa's in the ring. He starts calling out Adam Cole. And then, of course, you know, Adam Cole comes out. They start doing their spiel. But what's great about this is Chompa looks at him. He's like, you know what you're going to do? You're going to walk down that ramp. You're going to climb up those stairs. Get in this ring. And I'm going to beat your ass. And put you through this table. (laughs) And then I'm going to put you through this table. And then I'm going to sign a contract. And I'm taking Goldie back. So Cole storms the ring. And then, you know, Cole gets some shots in on Ciampa. But Ciampa pretty much did what he said he was going to do. He beat Cole's ass. And then powerbombed him through the table. Yep. Um, now, what made this really cool? Like, there's some cool imagery in this. So Cole had bopped Ciampa on the head with a microphone. 
So he got a little bit of cut. He got a cut on the top of his head from the mic shot. So Ciampa signs the, the contract. And the crowd starts chanting, with your blood. So, of course, he takes his hand, wipes the blood off, wipes the smears the contract with it. Goes over and picks up the NXT title. So as he's leaning over, picking up the title, his blood is just dripping off of his head. And you see it just drip all over the NXT title belt. And he's holding the belt to close out the show. Covered in blood. Which I thought was just one of the cool... Like, it wasn't intentional. It's not something that they planned to happen. But it just looked awesome. When they closed out that segment with Ciampa holding NXT title. And it just you see his blood, like, draped all over it. Yep. So, it was cool. It was, like, one of the cool... It was, like, so freaking awesome. I would say the other funny thing with it, too, was uh, when Adam Cole came out there, Rico would like came out there, he's like, he was going to come out here and get you decided anyway. <laughs> I was just, like, Rico's face, I was he's, just fucking dying. He already signed the contract. <laughs> he doesn't care who he faces. <laughs> I was, like, dying. Oh, I love Rico. Said what? <clears throat> uh, we had, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Tegan Knox took on Dakota Kai. <clears throat> Uh, this was actually a pretty pretty great matchup. Uh, Kai was about to use the chair on Knox when Candice LeRae came out and removed the chair uh, from Kai's hands, which caused you know, a distraction from the referee. Um, Knox gets back in the ring. Kai's back in the ring. Knox blasts Dakota Kai with her knee brace. And then hits the Shining Wizard for the win. I love the Shining Wizard. So do I. And, and Tegan has the shiniest... Of, of shining wizards, that she so, does. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite moves. You know, the great Muda, the hurricane, the shining wizards, just amazing. It's very, very poetic, so to say, with how the motion flows on that. So it's pretty cool. Um, then we had uh, oh, what the hell was her? Karen Carter? Is Karen Carter? Caden uh, Carter. Caden Carter. Caden Carter. Uh, took on Chelsea Green. Uh, Caden Carter picked up the win in Chelsea Green's Impact singles debut. So. Uh, which speaking Impact, back NXT. Speaking of uh, three uh, women's matches, you got three women's three matches, women's on, matches NXT. on NXT. Look at that. that. There we go. There we go. That is awesome. And then, uh, of course, we close out the show with the final match of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic with the Broserweights going over the Grizzled Young Veterans. So the Broserweights will go on to take over Portland, um, where they will get their uh, tag team title shot against Undisputed Era. Which I just want to say, uh, anytime I see like uh, Riddle and uh, <clears throat> Pete Dunn backstage, and they're like, you know, like they're doing stuff or they're talking or whatever, <laughs> Pete Dunn just looks like, man, I can't believe this is my fucking tag team partner. But he's a bro from another mo. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, I will say their their, inter- their interviews are very entertaining, though. Um, but it was pretty cool to see that. So, um, bittersweet for Pete Dunn, actually, too, because he made it to the finals last year, and Roddy turned on. Yep. So, so I know I know he's not. You know, Roddy's not going to be a part of that matchup. But I mean, it's still Fish and O'Reilly. So at least. If the Brozoweights do pick up the win and win the tag team titles, which I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think Undisputed might actually uh, retain over that, but it'll definitely be bittersweet for the Bruiserweight. So. 
Yep. Yes, indeed. Oh. So that's going to uh, round out a great week of wrestling. Lots of fun stuff. A lot of amazing matchups. Great Royal Rumble event. You know, great weekend of wrestling. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to uh, finish up the show with, of course, the weekly trivia um, or Push Fire Berry segment. And we actually do not have a Q&A this week. We don't have any questions. So it looks like we'll be uh, ending the show end the show with the trivia. We'll do some uh, Push Fire Berry when we come back. So stay tuned, and we will return. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone that's www.cratejoy.com searching dates in a box all right and we are back so let's jump into my favorite segment of the show push fire berry um but of course as always this actually is a Royal Rumble winner's edition where we have listed every Royal Rumble winner from one to this year's current winner, uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, of course, the first winner was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, basically, we have them all in a randomizer where we will randomize and take the pick three and then our job is to figure out who we're going to push, who gets fired, and who gets buried. So... Um, first last week you did there so I'm first this week so let's fire up the uh, random Tron 5000 and what I got Rick Flair spell his fucking name wrong I put a fucking K in there what's wrong with me <laughs> K in there all right Rick Flair number one number two Brock Lesnar oh amazing <clears throat> so far And my number three, Vince McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got Ric Flair, Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon. Uh, (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, that's great. I'm going to fire Vince just so I can look at him and say, You're fired! I'm going to... This this is kind of hard because I never was a big Ric Flair fan. Growing up, like, I wasn't, like, my only exposure to Ric Flair was during his run in WWF back in the day when he had the feud with uh, the Macho Man. That was pretty much my only exposure to Ric Flair until the late 90s when I, you know, when WCW was more accessible for me. Um, And then Lesnar, like, I'm not that big of a Lesnar fan either. Like, I like Brock and I like Rick, but I'm not huge fans of them, so... Um, I think I'm gonna push Brock and bury Rick. Good stuff. Good stuff. That was a uh, that was tough. 
Tough one. Tough, tough in a bad way. Yeah. So, uh, randomizer 5,000 thrown again. Uh, G Money's got the rock for number one. Number two, Bret Hart. It might be tougher than mine. And number three, Yoko Zuna. <laughs> okay. Gonna fire Yoko Zuna. I don't oh. really watch Yoko Zuna, so oh, I can't yeah. really say a whole lot about that. I'm like 10 years older than you, so. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. So. Uh. I'm actually going to push Bret Hart. Push Bret Hart? Bury the Rock. And bury the Rock. Yeah. Okay. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like you saw that coming. I didn't. Like I, I thought you'd like push the Rock and bury Bret Hart. <laughs> no. Or, no. 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 Okay. I mean, so, if we're going by overall, which one's better? Well, yeah, Bret Hart's definitely better. Bret Hart's definitely better. I feel like, I mean, I don't mean it's necessarily a bad way, but I feel like The Rock was kind of carried a lot of times by the people he wrestled against. Not always. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, Triple H. But, um, uh, yeah. (laughs) 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 That's it that loud. Oh, Lord. Good times, good times. All right, so that's Pushfire Barry. Um, let's get into weekly trivia. So, that was it? Okay. So, last week's question. Um, in the 1990 Royal Rumble match, which tag team eliminated Andre the Giant? If your answer was demolition, you are correct. You go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Uh, this week's question. This is a uh, WCW era. Uh, so this week's question is one of the most famous stables in professional wrestling history is the NWO. Which of these WCW stars has never been a member of the New World Order? Your choices are the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the Great Muda. The innovator of the Death Valley driver, Louis Spicoli, or the living legend himself, Ming. So if you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and email us at askrussellgeddon at gmail.com. Or you can reply to any social media post promoting this podcast with your answer. And if you do email us, make sure you put in the subject line, episode 27, trivia question answer. Um, and one more time for that question, basically was which of these WCW stars has never been a member of the NWO? Your choices were Dusty Rhodes, the great Muda, Louis Spicoli, or Ming. So that's, that's your trivia question. So I believe that's, that's all we got this week. So like I said, no Q and A, no, no Q and A. One of our creepy ass people that like to call in and called oh, us this man. week. None of them are worse than the freaking Tom guy with his like it's fucking Forrest Gump style like panty sniffing problem. Oh. Yeah. I mean, last week's was great. 
Yeah, last week was awesome. That was a very, um, very entertaining story about um, him meeting Diamond Dallas. Page. Diamond Dallas, <laughs> motherfuckers. Call me Diamond Dallas. So, which, which sparked actually a lot of great memories of meeting some some professional wrestlers like like China and Roddy Piper, Jake Snake Roberts, stuff like that. So it was it was a fun fun trip down memory lane. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the. So that's all we got. Um, I do want to give a big shout out, which I forgot to mention earlier, um, to the amazing folks at the Chick Foley Show, uh, for having me on last night to give a little bit of a rundown on um the uh, target distribution process and order process in the store. Um, if y'all don't know, I am actually a team lead for Target. Um, I am over the toy department. So, a little on the uh, the man on the inside, so to say, with a lot of the the toy groups. So, um, but yeah, big thanks to them. You know, huge thanks to Phil and Marco for having me on last night, um, and Sheena, who unfortunately was not able to be on since she uh, just recently had a baby. Uh, so, big ups to them. Keep keep up the great work, guys. Really enjoyed being on there last night, and that's that's all I got. So. We'll catch you guys next week for episode 28. Um, of course, we'll run down the all the weekly happenings, and hopefully we'll have a entertaining Q&A question from some of the, uh, the freaks and weirdos out there that listen to us. So, and as always, I am Chris the Heat Matthews, and he is Garrett G. Money Mun. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay classy, Marks. <laughs>